But tonight we're going to continue a, uh, the series that we started a couple Wednesdays ago. Um, it's called From Barriers to Bridges. Turn to your neighbor and say, From Barriers to Bridges. From Barriers to Bridges is part two for tonight. And kind of of a refresher of what the thought is, is that uh, I truly believe that there are things, there are plans, there are some uh, weapons formed against us that the enemy thinks is going to be our downfall. But if you read scripture, you'll see there's a key theme and there is something that you can recognize as a pattern that what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it around for good. And what was supposed to prevent God's people, God used it to promote God's people. And in the same way, I believe that God can turn what we see as barriers into bridges and what we thought was something that was going to hold us back. God's going to use to push us forward into his purpose. And so what we're doing during this series is that we're going through different stories in the Bible, uh, looking at different uh, stories of how God turned what looked like barriers into a bridge. And uh, in part one, a little refresher, we talked about uh, how uh, God led his people um, out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. And now the Red Sea was supposed to be the barrier to trap Israel. Um, but God turned that barrier into a bridge, and he used that to rescue Israel. And so we talked about that. There's a lot of different things we went over. And if you missed it, you can always go back and watch it um, after this. But we in, are in part two. And in this part, we're picking up in Joshua chapter three. And we're also talking about another body of water that was a barrier to the Israelites in Joshua chapter three. Uh, verse two, a little scripture context is, after spending 400 years in Egypt as slaves and then being able to get out of Egypt, they then spent 40 years in the wilderness before stepping into the promised land. And so this is after all that time has passed. And now the Israelites are about to step into the promised land. But there's only one problem. There is a barrier stopping them. And the barrier that was stopping them was the Jordan River. And uh, we say, why was that stopping them? Well, because uh, there was about a million people uh, Israelites that were trying to get through that river and they had wagons, they had children. And so that was almost an impossible task to think of crossing a, a river. And so that's where we're picking up in verse two. But God gives Joshua instructions on how to uh, cross the river. And so this is what he says. He gave him instructions and he says, three days later, uh, or sorry, can you stand to your feet? Almost forgot in honor of God's word. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. And you're saying, Pastor CJ, why do we stand up in honor of God's word? Well, because it's God's word, okay? We stand up for a lot of things. We might as well stand up for the most important thing. That's the word of God. Amen? Um, so thank you all for standing. It's a culture thing. It's a value here at Riverside Church to honor the word of God. Joshua chapter 3, verse 2. It says this. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. He said, when you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, I'm going to stop right there real quickly, just in case you don't know, the Ark of the Covenant is a representative of God's presence. It symbolizes the presence of God and so uh, the favor of God. And so whenever you hear the Ark of the Covenant, just know that represents God's presence. And and that was in the old covenant. But now because of what Jesus did for us, if you don't know, and what he did on the cross, we are now in a new covenant. And now no longer is God's presence restricted to a box. But now, here's the kicker, now we are actually the carrier of God's presence. And wherever we go, Jesus is with us. Amen. Come on, give Jesus a shot of praise for that. But it says, when you... See, priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. And when you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, 
uh, move out from your positions and follow them. Verse 4, since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Everybody say guide. So stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a close uh, uh, distance, uh, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark, and make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the, in the morning, Joshua said to the priest, lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. Now we're in part two of From Barriers to Bridges, and kind of the title for the sermon for tonight is this, is Removing Fear, everybody say Removing Fear from the Future. Removing fear from the future. With that thought in place, y'all can be seated. Let's pray over tonight. God, we thank you right now for what is going to happen tonight, Father, that we're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders take place, that we gather uh, in this house no other reason, God, but to glorify you, God, to grow closer to you, Jesus. So, Father, right now, we lift up your name, God. We thank you for change breaking. We thank you for anxiety leaving. We thank you, God, for fear fleeing this house. But, God, instead, let there be joy. Let there be peace, God. Instead, Father, let us be able to come closer together with you and and let us God leave God more empowered than we came God leave God more filled with your peace than we came God leave changed into what the person walked in as God so we give you all the glory and the praise for tonight we love you Jesus and everybody says amen come on give Jesus a hand clap of praise tonight so the Israelites they are preparing to enter the promised land as we're going over in this story and the only thing that was stopping between them, there was a barrier, and it was the Jordan River. And it kind of represented the barrier from between their past and the promise. See, if you know the story of the Israelite people, you know that the wilderness, that represents their mistakes. The, the 40 years that they spent in the wilderness represents their past mistakes and them having to spend 40 years walking in circles. But the promised land represented their future. And there was a barrier in between their uh, past mistakes and their future promise, and that was the Jordan River. And so they're ready to take a step of faith into the next season, into a next season and chapter of their lives. Uh, if y'all don't know this, most of y'all do. Uh, Haley, my wife Haley and I are pregnant. Uh, we have a baby coming soon. Hey, you guys. January 2023, we're excited, and um, it gets more real each and every day, and I can't wait to, you know, they, People always tell me, you don't, it doesn't hit you until you're holding the baby in your hand. So I can't wait to hold that baby and, and tell that baby how much dad loves them. And I can't wait for that. Uh, but the reality sets in uh, really uh, when we go on these doctor visits, when we see the ultrasound and we see the baby. And, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there is something in there. You know, it's not just, you know, in our minds. And then uh, when we heard the, the heartbeat for the first time, I was just, man, it's hit me so hard. And I'm happy to say that every checkup has been healthy and whole. And they say it's a strong baby um, every phase along the way. And so it's really during the doctor visits that it hits us hard. Um, but the kind of the biggest reality check, um, you know, I've had uh, was when we sat down with the hospital and we began to talk about the details and the numbers and talking about how much it's going to cost for this baby to be delivered after insurance, you know. And um, 
if you know me, you know I like to try to figure out the future before I step into it. And, and so I remember in that moment talking to him, and it's kind of hitting me, and I'm thinking about how I'm going to figure all this out. And, and then a familiar feeling of, of worry about the future began to come over me. I know we can probably all relate to a, a worry we feel about the future when we're trying to figure it out, right? Um, you know, worrying about how and, and, and when and, and what if and all the details. And so a familiar uh, worry tried to come over me. But at the same time, a familiar voice started to comfort me. At the same time, I was feeling that worry. I, I heard that small voice, a voice that we are all familiar with. And that voice just said, Caleb, everything's going to be okay. Right, Caleb, I've never uh, not taken care of you, and I'm not going to stop now. Caleb, I know you're trying to figure it all out, but to stop because you're wasting your time, right? And that familiar voice came to me, and it calmed my worries, and that's what's powerful about Jesus. That's what's powerful about the God we serve is that we actually have somewhere to go with our worries and our questions and our fears. That we're not like everybody else who can only go to people if they don't have Jesus or can only go to uh, maybe this uh, things that the world has to offer. But as children of God, you and I, we can actually go to God with our worries and in exchange we receive peace. Am I the only one who thinks that's awesome in the house tonight? You can go anywhere else with your problems, but can I say you're never going to get peace in return. You're just going to get more problems and more opinions. But we can go to Jesus with our worries, and we can get peace in return. So if anybody's struggling with worry or you're struggling with fear of the future and trying to figure it all out, let me just uh, give you a word of encouragement and say God's going to take care of you, okay? God is a good father. He takes care of his children. And don't worry. Don't worry about how. Don't worry about when. Just know who is going to take care of you, and that's Jesus Christ. But it actually says, accumulated data shows that 70% of people um, have worry about the future. That whenever they think about the future, worry overwhelms them and questions overwhelms them. 70% of people worried about how worried about when, worried about what if, and worried about all the details. And for a lot of people, when we think about the future, a sense of fear comes over us. For a lot of people, when we think about what's next, a sense of fear comes over us, a, a sense of what if, a sense of worry, and a sense of how is it all going to work out. And and so there are times, it's like how the people of Israel, they are wanting to step into their necks, but they sense that fear, that barrier, like a Jordan River, standing in between them and where they want to go, a, a barrier. And see, so a lot of times, or most of the times, our barriers in our lives, it's not a body of water. A lot of times, the barriers in our life reside in our mind. Barriers of anxiety, barriers of fear and uncertainty, and barriers of of trying to figure out how and, and why. But tonight we're talking about removing the boundary of fear from our future. Tonight we're going to talk about how we can no longer have to worry about how, worry about when, that we don't have to sit up late at night thinking about how is this all going to work out. Instead we can actually say, God, I have faith for my future. Instead we can say, God, I am excited about tomorrow. I mean, when was the last time you got really excited about the future? And he said, the best is yet to come. And he said, I can't wait until my next season. Like, that's how we should be. We shouldn't be fearful about the future. We shouldn't be, oh my gosh, how is this going to work out? We shouldn't be, oh my gosh, God, I don't know how, I don't know when. No, we should say, 
I'm so excited about my tomorrow because I know Jesus is going to be with me. I know he has such an awesome plan for me. So what we're talking about tonight is removing that fear from the future. What we're talking about tonight is that we don't have to be filled with anxiety when we think about tomorrow. We don't have to be filled with worry when we think about tomorrow. Now, you might be saying, well, Pastor CJ, you don't know. I have so many fears and worries and problems. Let me just say, if you're human, you're going to have fears and worries and problems, okay? That's not going to change. You're going to be human the rest of your life. But what is the key is that now when you have Jesus, you don't have to have those problems on your own. Now you have a solution. Now you have an answer. Now you have somebody who's able to be with you every step of the way. And that's what he did for the people of Israel. He showed how they can have peace and how they can have joy through every season. And how they can have an access to a wisdom and to values that is like a light onto their path. So what we're talking about tonight is how we can be having change. Instead of being fearful about the future, we can have faith for the future. So come on, if you're ready for tonight, just give Jesus a shout of praise. We jump into it. So in Joshua chapter 3, verse 3, it says this. We read it, but we'll read it again. It said, giving these instructions to the people. He said, when you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant, that represents God's presence of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. He said, follow the priest. Now notice Joshua didn't send engineers first and say, okay, we're going to cross this this you know, river, so engineers, you go and you start schematic how to do it, start building bridges and start doing it in a way that we can understand. Know that he didn't send out Marines first and said, okay, before we cross out, you need to go in and make a safe passage. No, the first person, the first group of people that Joshua sent out were the priests. They were the ones who represents the, the, the favor of God, who represents the, the relationship with God. See, the only way we can correctly step into the future is not by us leaning on our schemes. The only correct way for us to step into the future is not by us leaning on our understanding. It's not by us leaning on saying, okay, now i got my five-year plan. Look, I have five-year plans, and I love them. But I also know that my plans are not God's plans, and that his ways are bigger than my ways. And if I can fit God into my five-year plan then it's not God, all right? There's no way I can fit God into my mind. His thoughts are above mine. But we can't lean onto our own understanding to step into the future. We See, what Joshua was showing is that we're not leaning on our schematics. We're not leaning on our strength. We're leaning on God to step into the next. And so he said, follow after the priests. Follow after them, and they will lead you. And as it continues, it says, move out from your positions. Follow them. And he says, since you have never traveled this way before. See, what Joshua is saying is saying that, see, the Israelites, they have never been to the promised land before. They have uh, never been on the other side of the Jordan. Only a few of them have. Not all of them. Most of them haven't. And so they've never been on the other side of the Jordan. So they said, look, you're about to step into the unknown. You don't know where you're going. You, see, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what is in our tomorrow. We don't know what's around the corner. We, see, they were saying, you're about to step into the promised land, but you've never been there before. So they didn't know what to expect. So in verse 4, he said this. He says, since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide. Everybody say guide. They will guide you. He says, since you have never been into the promised land, follow after the ark of the covenant. Follow the priests, and they will guide you. Why? Because we've never been into the promised land, but God has. 
see, we haven't been to tomorrow yet, but God has. We don't know what's around the corner, but guess who does? God does. See, we don't know exactly how and when and where, but guess what? Guess who does, does know? God does. God knows what is around the corner. God knows exactly what's about to happen. See, we don't know what our tomorrow holds, but we know who holds our tomorrow. We don't know how, but we know who. See, God is, is so many things. He's, he's omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful, and he's omniscient, means he's all-knowing, but he's also omnipresent, which means he's in all places, at all time, all the time, at the same time, right? So that means that God is in our today, God is in our yesterday, and God is in our tomorrow all at the same time. So that means God is already there. So why do I trust God to follow after him into my future? Why? Because he's already been there. Because I'm not following after somebody who's never been there before. I'm not following after somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. I'm following after somebody, God, who knows exactly what my plan and purpose holds. So that's why I follow after God. See, he knows what the future holds. He knows the challenges, and he knows the seasons. Point one for tonight is this. Trust God with tomorrow because he is already there. Why should we trust God with tomorrow? Because he's already there. He already knows what's in your tomorrow. He already knows the problems you're going to have. He already knows the seasons you're going to go through. He already knows the challenges. And he's saying, follow after me because I'm already here. If you just follow my voice, I'm going to lead you all down the right path. If you follow my voice, I already have a bridge from what you thought was a barrier into your tomorrow. Just follow after me. Because if you do that, you're following after God because God has already been there. It says God, he, he wants to guide us into our future. He wants to be like a guide, step by step, taking us into tomorrow. A few years ago, I went on a vacation with my family. And uh, we went to uh, Hawaii. We took a cruise ship and went to Hawaii. And we went from island to island. It was really awesome. But one of the days we did, we went to, this, uh, to one of the islands and we did like a, a jungle trek going from uh, waterfall to waterfall. And on this hike and trek, we had a guide. She was really cool. And even though we were going through thick jungle, even though we were going through uh, knee-deep water and going through a place I've never been in, I never once felt uncomfortable. I never once felt like I was lost. I never once felt like, oh my gosh, I'm outside my comfort zone. Instead, I felt confidence about where I was going. Why? Because we had a guide. Why? Because she has been there before. She has done that trek before. She has gone down that trail before. She had, she had been to every place we were going before. So I wasn't concerned about where I was going because I had a guide with me. In the same way, God wants to be our guide. He wants to say, don't be fearful about tomorrow. I know you have these questions, and I think they're so cute. I know you have these worries, and oh my gosh, you're so cute. But let me say this. Trust in your Father that is in heaven and know that I've already been in your future. And so if you just follow after my voice, you don't have to have fear about tomorrow. Because now we have a guide and God's been to your promised land. God's been to your five years from now. God's been to your retirement plan. Whatever you think about your future, God's been there. So what a better guide to have than somebody who's already been there. What a better guide to have than somebody who already has seen the future, knows the footpath, and knows the secrets, and knows the, really the, how to get there correctly than God. That's why we have to trust God with our future, because he wants to be our guide. There's no reason for us to make unnecessary mistakes and 
There's no reason for us to get stuck. I mean, if on that trek and on that hike, if I would have gotten stuck and did my own thing, it wouldn't have been the guide's fault. It would have been my fault. But in the same way, don't we get so upset at God when things don't work out and we don't follow after him? We're like, God, how did I end up in this mess? It's your fault. God's like, hold up, look. I've been trying to call you over here this whole time, but you've been trying to lean on your own understanding. You've been trying to find it out on your own. And guess what? If you try to live on your own, guess what? You're going to be stuck in some things. You're going to make some unnecessary mistakes. And sometimes that's a good thing to get us back on track. But God doesn't want us. God wants to spare us all those things. It's going to say, you know, look. See, when we went down that hike, that hike was difficult. And everybody give my my mom a hand clap because she did it with me. And there were some times I was like barely making it. I'm looking at my mom, and she was doing it with me. I'm like, okay, no, I'm not complaining now. But see, they were able to do, we were able to go down. Why? Because we're going down the correct path. If it wasn't for that God, we'd been lost. We, We would have not known where we were going. But see, God wants to be like that for us. But in the same way, we can't get ahead of God either because what they say, what Joshua says, when we continue with Scripture, it says, stay about a half a mile behind. Everybody say behind. Behind him, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Basically, he's saying, don't get ahead of God. Don't think, oh, okay, now I have it all figured out. Because some of us, when we, we, we love to pray, when we make mistakes or when we're in dark seasons, we're in the storm, that's when we pray the most, right? God, get me out of the storm. But what happens as soon as we're out of the storm, right? I got it from here, God. Thank you for getting me out. You're a great guy. But let me go over here. And we find ourselves in another mess, mess. No, why? We're getting ahead of God. What they're saying, look, let God guide you. Don't get ahead of him. Don't think you have it all figured out just yet. Let God guide you. And I'm telling you, there will be no season. There will be never a place in your life. Even when things get dark, you will still have a guide with you. Even when things get unplanned and uncertain, you will still have a guide with you. And that's what God wants to be for us. We can't get ahead of him. So the Israelites, they are making this path and they get the instructions, and so the Levitical priests step out. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 15, is where we're picking up. So it says it was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing. Everybody say overflowing. It says the Jordan was overflowing its banks, which means that the Jordan was, was swelling. The Jordan was uh, overflowing. I'm sure the rapids were quick. I'm sure the, I'm sure as they were thinking of how they were going to get past this river, I'm sure the Israelites like, this seems like an impossible task. How are we going to get our cattle past this? How are we going to get our livestock? How are we going to get the wagons? How are we going to get all of our resources past this barrier of the Jordan? How are we supposed to get past this? And and how are we supposed to get past this barrier that's been between us and the promised land? How are we supposed to get past this Jordan River? How are we supposed to cross over that. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I'm looking at a promise from God, and I see a barrier in front of me. I'm saying, there's no way I'm going to get past that. One of the times that over this catches you by surprise, I mean, have you ever looked at a 30-year mortgage? You're like, God, how am I going to do that? Is that just me? And you're like, God, how am I supposed to get past this barrier? How am I supposed to get over this? It looks like the Jordan River is swelling. It's fast. It's quick. And I don't have the capabilities. God, how am I supposed to get past this barrier and step into what you have for me? 
So there'll be seasons in our lives. See, without God, barriers like that are impossible. Without God, barriers that you can't figure out, barriers that look too big, they, they are too big for you. That's why we have to have God in our lives. See, without God, barriers can look impossible. Without God, the, the future can be scary. Without God, tomorrow can look bleak. But look what happens in verse 15. It says, it was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests were carrying the ark, touched the water at the river's edge, the water above the point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Sarithon. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. See, what had seemed impossible for them to pass, what had looked like a, a barrier too big to get past, as soon as the priests carrying the ark touched the, the, the river's edge with their foot, as soon as that happened, a path began to make itself. A way began to happen. Now notice this. Notice it didn't say God split the river and then the priests walked down the middle. Notice it didn't say a path was made and then they took their step. Notice it said, as they were taking their step, a path was making in front of them. As they were taking their step, a way was being made. See, they didn't say, God, I see a barrier between me and my purpose, me and my promised land, so I need to wait before this barrier disappears before I take my step. Or say, God, I'm going to wait till these problems solve themselves before I take my step of faith. No, what God was showing the Israelite people is that as you take that step of faith, then a foothold, then a stepping stone, then a path begins to make a way. As you begin to take that step of faith. See, a path will not be revealed before you take a step of faith. A path will be revealed as you take the step of faith. There's been so many times that I've seen in, in my life and in, when Haley and I first got together, I was like, God, how are you going to make this happen? It seems like a barrier. It seems like too much. But I say, God, for some reason, I, I feel peace. I see the problem, but I feel peace. So I'm going to take a step of faith anyways. And as we took that step of faith, all of a sudden, a way was being made. As we took that step of faith, all of a sudden, we saw God's hand of favor on our lives. Why? Because we have to take that step before we see the, the path be made before us. And what was thought to be a barrier between the Israelites and the promised land turned out to be the bridge to the promised land. See, what you thought was too great to overcome, what you thought was too big for God, what you thought was too much of an impossibility to get out of your way, God is going to turn that into a testimony. Let me, let me just say something over your life real quick. There's going to be some things coming against you. There's going to be some things that you thought is too big for God that God wants to see how your faith is going to respond in that moment. Are you going to see the problem and you're going to fear the problem more than you fear God? Are you going to see the barrier and you can say, that barrier is way bigger than, than you are, God? Or are you going to say, God, I see what's in front of me. I see the barrier, but I also feel your peace. I feel your leading. So I'm going to take that step anyway. I'm going to trust that you're going to make a way. And saying what the enemy meant for evil, the, what the enemy was trying to use to restrict them, God used it for them. See, God used what was impossible to make it possible for them to get into the promised land. Point number two for tonight is this. Hurdles become highways when you follow after God. Hurdles become highways when you follow after God. See, without God, mountains can't move. Without God, some barriers are too big. Without God, some things are impossible. But with God, 
all things are possible. With God, there will be times, come on Riverside Church, with God, there will be times that look big, but when you trust in God and how big and how great he is, he will make a way for you into where he's calling you. See, with God, he can make hurdles into highways. He can make the impossible possible. With God, he can have strength for every season. And what I love about God is this, is that he wants to get all the credit. He wants to get all the glory. He wants to make sure that there is no ounce of pride on the inside of us when something happens that he makes away. And so he wants to use things that we thought were once stumbling blocks. He wants to use things that we thought were once uh, barriers. And he wants to use those things as bridges and stepping stones. Why? Because when you get on the other side, you can't point at yourself and say, that was because I was good enough. That was because I was strong enough. Because when you get on the other side, you can't say, well, it's a good thing I spent all night figuring out tomorrow because look now look at where I am no God does those things so when you get to that place when you get to the promised land you look back and say God that was only done by your hand you say God to God be the glory to God be the praise not me not myself not I to God be the glory because without him I wouldn't be here so after the Israelites crossed into Jordan Joshua told each one of the twelve 12 tribes to get a stone and build a memorial unto God's faithfulness. Look what it says in 4, verse 21. It says, Then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future your children will ask, What do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes. And he kept it dry until you, you were all across. And just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over, he did this. So all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful. Everybody say powerful. powerful. The Lord's hand is powerful. And so that you might fear the Lord your God forever. See, once God led the Israelites on the other side of the Jordan... Joshua told them to build a memorial unto his faithfulness so they won't forget about it. Why? Because I believe Joshua knew that there was going to be even more battles in the future. I think Joshua knew that that Jordan River wasn't the last barrier they were ever going to face. I think Joshua knew the battles that were yet to come. And if you read the book of Joshua, you know that's exactly what happened. That there was battle after battle, barrier after barrier. There was times of, of having to persevere, but each time God was faithful but he built those on a, onto a memorial to God he built that not so that he could live in the past he built that memorial for the Israelite people so that way he could have faith for the future so that way he can make sure that even when bears and battles come he can say that if God has done it for us once God can do it again so that way it says that when the children of Israel gather around after generations after the crossing of the Jordan happened and they begin to have their own issues and they begin to have their own problems, they begin to have their own battles, they can say to their children, go look at that memorial over there. You know what that means? That memorial is where God parted the Jordan River. And that, that, he did that so that way he can show how powerful he is. So I know we're going through something right now. I know there's another battle and another barrier. But don't turn your back on God because if he did it for us once, he can do it again.
If he did it for us once, he can do it again. I know if there's parents in the house, you probably had that same exact conversation with your children. You're talking to them about the problems they have. You're talking about the barriers in their life. And you said, you know what, let me remember, go back in the memory bank. See, I was once in high school too. And I had some problems, or I was once dealing with that too, and I had some barriers. But can I say, because I trusted God, and because he brought me through it, I was able to see the purpose in the season. And so let me encourage you, don't give up on God, because if he did it for me, he can do it for you. See, that is why we have to always remember, point three, four tonight is this. Remembering God's triumphs of the past renews our faith for the future. Remembering God's triumphs of the past renews our faith for the future. See, if you ever become fearful of the future, just begin to remember how good God has been to us in the past. If you ever begin to say, how is this going to be possible, God? How am I supposed to pay all these bills? How am I supposed to pass these classes? How am I supposed to raise these kids? Whatever your barrier is tonight. Look to the past and remember how good God has been to you. Look to the past and say, see, I was once broken, but because of God, now I'm whole. And see, before God, I was lost, but after God, now I'm found. And I remember how God's goodness and grace has been on me. And I know for a fact he's not going to leave me now. So this future barrier, this future problem, whatever is in front of me right now, it is nothing compared to God because I can look back at my memory bank. I can look back at some memorials of stone that I built in my mind, and I can say, God has been good to me. And if God has been good to me once, he'll be good to me again. So we have to have those in our minds. That is why our testimonies are so powerful. That is why we have praise reports on the screens. Why? Not so that we can live in the past. Not so that we can tap ourselves on the shoulders and say, wow, look at us. We have those testimonies. We have those praise reports because, so we can say with a loud voice, because of God, because of his goodness, because of his grace, I had a barrier in my life, but he broke me free from that. So if he can do that for me, then church family, he can do that for you. And that's why we have praise reports. Just like what we read tonight about having a mother in a hospital so, just so they can stir up somebody's faith who might be dealing with an illness and show, look, if God can heal her, God can heal you. If God can take care of them, God can take care of you. See, we got to build memorials in our minds not to fear, not to mistakes, not to anxiety, but build memorials in our minds to God's goodness and hold on to those. And maybe one day, years from now, 10, 20 years from now, you might have a conversation with somebody dealing with a barrier like you dealt with, dealing with a boundary like you dealt with. And because you have that memorial in your mind, you're going to be able to say, look, God did for me then. He broke me out of that. I know what you're dealing with, and I see where you're at, but can I say that God is bigger than your barrier? God is bigger than the problem. And if God can do it for me, then he can do it for you. That's why testimonies are so powerful. That's why God, is, is, his mercies are, are limitless. His, his grace is, knows no limitation. See, God has a way of making a way where there seems to be no way. God has a way of saying, look, I know you thought you were at your end of your rope. I know you thought there was no way out. I know you felt like the Israelite people trying to get into your future, but there's barrier in front of you that you couldn't figure out. But let me show you a way out. Follow after me like the Levitical priest. Take it one step at a time. One of the biggest questions I get, and it's hard for me to, to follow this as well, but the biggest question is how do I get to my five years from now? How do I get into the 10 years from now where God wants me? How do I get into the 20 years now where God wants me? 
Can I say what the answer to that is? One step at a time. Can I say, if you just take one step at a time, one decision at a time, don't worry about 10 years from now. If you just take it one step at a time and say, God, I'm going to have faith in you today. Then I'm going to have faith in you tomorrow. And then a day after that, if you keep on doing that one step at a time, day by day, five five years from now, you're going to be in God's will. Five years from now, you're going to be where God wants you. But where the enemy tries to confuse us is he tries to say, you need to have it all figured out right now. You need to have all the answers right now. Oh, there's a barrier in your way. You better, start, you better start figuring that out on your own. You better learn how to do it on your own before you take that step. And, and what happens is that those barriers, they become boundaries, and now we can't step into where God wants us to go because we spend all day, all time trying to figure it out in our mind. But if God says, look, just take it step by step, take it day by day, know that I have a plan for you, know that I'm going to take care of you, and if you just do that, I believe without a shadow of doubt that if we just trust God each and every day, we're going to be in his tomorrow and his next day. We're going to be in his five years from now. Amen? Can you stand to your feet? I'm closing. I want to close with this scripture in Jeremiah 29, very popular scripture, but I want to give some context to it. Jeremiah 29, verse 10. So in this, God is speaking to the people of of Israel who they've messed up again. They found themselves in captivity again, and they've been held captive in Babylon. But this is what God says to them in verse 10. This is what the Lord says. This is Jeremiah speaking. He said, you will be in Babylon for 70 years. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised. And I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. So the Jewish people, they're crying out to God. and They're saying, we are being captives in Babylon right now. What do you mean you have a plan? This does not look like a good plan, God. We're, we're prisoners in an unknown country. We're far away from home. How can this be your plan? How can this be? How can everything be okay right now? They're crying out to God, and he says this. He says, look, I know, I know you are in Babylon, and you're going to be there for another 70 years or what have you. But so I know you're in a season. I know you, there's barriers, but I know the plans I have for you. There are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. Because God was saying, I know you're confused right now. I know you don't know how tomorrow is going to work out. I know you're worried about the future. I know you're trying to say, how are you ever going to get out of this captivity? Or you might be here tonight. You might be saying, God, how, how am I supposed to raise these kids? How am I supposed to lead this business? How am I supposed to pay this debt? Or how am I supposed to do this or do that? And at times, we can feel like captives to our own boundaries captives to our own barriers, captives to the things and to the problems that we have in this world. But God is saying this, I have a plan for you. And it's a good plan. It's a one of future and hope. It's a one where you're going to find the joy and you're going to find the peace and the purpose, but do not turn your back on God. He said this, he said, look, because if you pray, I will listen. If you seek, you will find me. See, what happens is that when we get stuck in barriers, we try to look for answers everywhere else but God. 
when we get stuck in problems, we try to find answers from people or from politics or from, or from finances or what have you. We try to look everywhere but God and say, God, this barrier is unmovable. He said, look, no, I got a plan for you tonight. I got a plan for you. And if you just seek after me, if you follow after my voice, if you just seek me, you will find me. And if you pray, I will listen. So I want to close with this thought tonight that we're going to pray and we're going to open the altars. We remove fear from our future when we follow after God by faith. We remove fear from our future when we follow after God by faith. You want to remove the fear you feel about every night, thinking about tomorrow? You want to remove that worry that keeps you up late at night? Do you want to remove that anxiety when you think about 10 years from now? Put your faith in God and not man. Put your faith in God and not money. Put your faith in God and not people. Because I'm telling you, if you put your faith in God, that fear you feel about the future, it's going to cease from your spirit. It's going to cease from your mind. Why? Not because those barriers disappear. Not because those problems go away. But because you know what the people, in, the Jewish people heard in Babylon saying, I, I see the problems, but God has a plan. And it's one of a future and hope. It's one that he's going to get all the glory so with every head bowed and eyes closed, I just want to pray over every person on the sound of my voice. If you're struggling with the future, if you're struggling about tomorrow, if you're in this place, you say, Pastor CJ, I don't know. I'm worried. I, I'm confused. I'm, I'm just so caught up about how it's going to all work out, about how tomorrow is going to come to pass, about how I'm going to be able to be successful in business or how I'm going to be able to get to the 10 years or five years. See, so if you say, I'm confused, let, me, let us pray right now. Father, right now, God, this begin to stir up the faith of every individual in the house. That, God, that you've called us not for us to be uncertain. You've called us not for us to be fearful. You've called us not to, for us to be anxious. You've called us to live confidently. You've called us to live with purpose. You've called us to live with faith. So right now, Father, begin to stir up the faith inside of every individual. God, begin to, to tell them what Jeremiah 29, 11 says, saying that, for I know the plans I have for you, plans for hope and a future, plans that will give you exactly the purpose and the joy and the peace that you need in your life. So, Father, right now, we remove every fear from our minds. We remove every anxiety. We remove, God, every doubtful thought. God, we remove, God, every barrier in our minds. And that gives us fear about the future. But God, instead we replace it with trust. We replace it with peace, God. We replace it, God, that you do have a plan for us. That, God, you do have a plan for us. That we don't have to look to the left or to the right. We don't have to look around or figure it out, God. We just have to take it one step at a time. So, Father, begin to work on the inside of us with every hand lifted as we begin to sing. God, begin to work on the inside of us right now, Father, that we have faith for the future, that we have faith for tomorrow, God, that we're able to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that our future is not in jeopardy. Our future is not in hopelessness. Our future is in the name of Jesus. Our future is in God's hand. Our future is in the voice and in the leading and in the presence of God. So if we just pray, he will listen. If we seek, we will find him. If we keep him close and follow him step by step like the Israelite people did after the Levitical priest, if we just follow him, each step of faith, a footpath will be made. Each step of faith, a way will be made. Each step of faith, we will begin to see the barriers turn into bridges. So right now, begin to worship, begin to praise God. Let's sing together. Come on, don't let any thoughts of anxiety remain. Let's give Jesus some praise and worship tonight.